Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 106. So let me go ahead and read the heading to that. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, November 25th, 1834. This revelation is directed to Warren A. Cowdery, an older brother of Oliver Cowdery. A little historical background first. Uh, following the disbanding of Zion's camp at Fishing River, Missouri, the prophet Joseph Smith and many of those who had marched with him returned to Ohio. The saints had renewed their labors in building the temple in Kirtland. As membership in the church grew, the prophet gave attention to branches outside the Kirtland area. On the 16th of November, 1834, he and several others left Kirtland to visit the saints in Michigan. He recorded, after preaching and teaching the saints in Michigan, as long as our time would allow, we returned to Kirtland, greatly refreshed from our journey and much pleased with our friends in that section of the Lord's Vineyard. It now being the last of the month and the elders beginning to come in, it was necessary to make preparations for the school for the elders, wherein they might be more perfectly instructed in the great things of God during the coming winter. A building for a printing office was nearly finished, and the lower story of this building was set apart for that purpose, the school, when it was completed. So the Lord opened the way according to our faith and works, and blessed be his name. No month ever found me more busily engaged than November, but as my life consisted of activity and unyielding exertions, I made this my rule. When the Lord commands, do it. I continued my labors daily, preparing for the school, and received the following. Verse 1. It is my will that my servant, Warren A. Cowdery, Warren was Oliver's oldest brother, should be appointed and ordained a presiding high priest over my church. Today, bishops and stake presidents are set apart as the presiding high priests in the land of freedom and the regions round about. The prophet's companion on his journey, on this journey, was Parley P. Pratt, who described this experience. President Joseph Smith and myself journeyed together. We had a pleasant and prosperous mission among the churches and some very interesting times in preaching to the public. We visited Freedom, Cataraugus County, New York, tarried over Sunday and preached several discourses to which the people listened with great interest. We were kindly and hospitably entertained among them. We baptized a young man named Haman Hyde. His parents were Presbyterians and his mother, on account of the strength of her traditions, thought that we were wrong and told me afterwards that she would much rather have followed him to an earthly grave than to have seen him baptized. Soon afterwards, however, herself, her husband, and the rest of the family, with some thirty or forty others, were all baptized and organized into a branch of the church, called the Freedom Branch, from which nucleus the light spread and souls were gathered into the fold and in all, in all, the, in all the regions round about. Thus mightily grew the word of God, so, or the seed sown by the extraordinary personage of the prophet and seer of the nineteenth century. Verse 2, and should preach my everlasting gospel and lift up his voice and warn the people not only in this own place, in his own place, but in the, in the adjoining counties, and devote his whole time to this high and holy calling which I now give unto him, seeking diligently the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all things necessary shall be added thereunto, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Warren A. Cowdery's calling was to preside over the branch in freedom and to declare the gospel full time there and in the adjoining counties. 
His calling was similar to that of a mission president today. Having no time to provide for his family, he was directed by the Lord to receive his support from the church. Verse 4, And again, verily I say unto you, The coming of the Lord draweth nigh, and it overtaketh the world as a thief in the night. Those who are of the world will no more know when Christ is to return than they know when the thief, when the thief will strike. Spiritually, they have retired to their beds for the slumber of death. It is as though they are asleep and unaware of the events taking place around them. While their sleeping eyes are closed to the signs of the times, they dream of iniquity, unaware of their danger. By contrast, the Lord told the children of light that they will know the signs of the times and the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 5, Therefore gird up your loins that you may be the children of light, and that day shall not overtake you as a thief. To accept the gospel and live by its standard is to come out of darkness into the light, thus becoming children of light and followers of light and truth. The commandment given to the saints of all ages is to walk as children of light. Paul warned the Thessalonian saints, saints, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so, so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that that, that day should overtake you as a thief. Those who have treasured up the Lord's word shall not be deceived, but will know of the nearness of the Lord's coming. The prophesied signs will indicate the generation in which the Son of Man will appear in glory. The saints ought to look forward to the Savior's return and be anxiously engaged in preparing for the, preparing the world for that great event. If the saints will prepare for the Lord's return, sheep, sleep will flee from their eyes as they wait in eager anticipation for the coming of the bridegroom. While the wicked slumber, the children of light will be alert and aware that with, that with each passing year the time of the Lord's promised return draws closer. Commenting on Paul's warning to the Thessalonians, the prophet Joseph explained, It is not the design of the Almighty to come upon the earth and crush it and grind it to powder, but he will reveal it to his servants, the prophets. Judah must return, Jerusalem must be rebuilt, and the temple and water come out from under the temple, and the waters of the Dead Sea be healed. It will take some time to rebuild the walls of the city and the temple, and so on, and all this must be done before the Son of Man will make his appearance. There will be wars and rumors of war, signs in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. The sun turned into darkness and the moon to blood, earthquakes in diverse places, the seas heaving beyond their bounds. Then will appear one grand sign of the Son of Man in heaven. But what will the world do? They will say, it is a planet, a comet, and so on. But the Son of Man will come as the sign of the coming of the Son of Man, which will be as the light of the morning cometh out of the east. In other words, the second coming will be seen by everybody just the same as the sun rises, where everybody sees it eventually by the end of the day. Verse 6, And again, verily I say unto you, there was joy in heaven when my servant Warren bowed to my scepter and separated himself from the crafts of men. As the heavens weep when Satan and his legions were lost, so they rejoice when children of our eternal Father choose the course that will enable them to return to his presence. The text suggests that angels are aware of what their earthly counterparts are doing. Verse 7, Therefore, blessed is my servant Warren, for I will have mercy on him, and notwithstanding the vanity of his heart, I will lift up in as I will lift him up inasmuch as he will humble himself before me, and I will give him grace and assurance wherewith he may stand. And if he continue to be a faithful witness and a light unto the church, I have prepared a crown for him in the mansions of my father. Even so, amen. Warren A. Cowdery moved his family to Kirtland in February 1836. There he was active in church affairs until he became disaffected with the leadership of the church in 1838. This same year, his brother Oliver was excommunicated. 
When the Lord commanded the saints to move to far west, Missouri, Warren remained behind. He died in Kirtland on the 23rd of February, 1851, while still disaffected. That was uh, from Joseph Healy McConkie. I bear testimony that these things are true and that uh, this was the mission of Oliver, uh, of Warren, his brother, Oliver's brother, and, and that uh, he had lots to do. And uh, he did remain faithful for a time, but then later fell away. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.